Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to our book reading for today, When the Moon Split, a biography of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The book has been compiled by Saifur Rahman Mubarak Puri. We continue on page 162, the Sariya of Kurda. In Jamadul Awal, the third of the Hijra, the Quraysh sent a trade caravan to Syria by way of Iraq. They entrusted the caravan to Sufwan bin Umayyah and were not overly concerned about the risks involved since the route went through Najad, far from Medina and the menace of the Muslims. When the Prophet, peace be upon him, came to know about the Qureshi caravan with its precious cargo, he dispatched a cavalry of 200 men under the command of Zaid bin Haritha, radiallahu an. At Najid, as the caravan halted at a spring named Karda, Zaid and his men swooped down on the caravan and its travellers. Even though the men managed to flee, their possessions fell into the hands of the Muslims, as did the caravan guide Furat bin Hayyan. The humane treatment Furat experienced at the hands of his captors so impressed him that he became Muslim. When the booty from the caravan was evaluated, its worth stood at a hundred thousand dirhams. With this raid, the Muslims had inflicted on the Quraysh an economic defeat as devastating as the military one at Badr. Now the Quraysh had two humiliating episodes to live down. Badr and Karda were bitter losses, and it was time to channel all the anger and hatred into a military strike against the Muslims. Preparations began at a furious pace as the Quraysh launched a recruitment drive and admitted voluntary soldiers and anyone with a personal grudge against the Muslims, especially those who had lost fathers, sons or brothers at Badr. Bards were brought in to incite the people with their songs of vengeance. Subsidiary tribes who owned allegiance to the Quraysh were also made to join the army. Women went with them to boost their morale and prevent them from taking flight. The Quraysh ultimately mustered an army of 3,000 soldiers with 300 camels, 200 horses and 700 coats of mail. Abu Sufyan was commander-in-chief of the Makan army and the vigilant fighters of Banu Abdul Dar were appointed its standard bearers. The proud and fierce Makan army advanced towards Medina. On Friday the 6th of Shawwal, 3rd of the Hijra, they reached the outskirts of the city and camped in an open field in the valley of Qana below Mounts Ainain and Uhud. The Prophet, peace be upon him, had been expecting the enemy for a week. He had already set up a patrol system around Medina to ensure the city's safety and had declared a state of emergency. When the Makan army arrived, the Prophet, peace be upon him, sought the counsel of his companions regarding further defensive measures. His plan was to remain in the city with the men facing the enemy at the entrance of lanes and alleys and the women attacking from the rooftops of the houses. When the plan was outlined before the community, the hypocrites among them, those who had become Muslim as a matter of convenience were happy not to be out on the battlefield. Their leader, Abdullah bin Ubay, supported the plan, since he could then sit safely at home without being accused of falling back from the battle. Some of the young men, however, were eager to meet the enemy in open combat and pressed for a direct military encounter. The Prophet, peace be upon him, agreed to their demands and accordingly he divided his army into three squads, one squad consisted of the Muhajirin or the migrants and Mus'ayb bin Umair as the standard bearer. Another comprised the Aus tribe with Usaid bin Hudair as the standard bearer and the third unit consisted of the Hazraj with Hubab bin Mundir as the standard bearer.
After Asr prayer, the Prophet, peace be upon him, set out towards Mount Uhud and inspected his troops at Shaykhan. He decided to send back the youths among them in his desire to keep them safe. However, he later allowed Rafi bin Hadij to stay on, for he was a good archer whose skills could prove useful. Up came Sumura bin Jundab, pleading to be retained also. After all, wasn't he stronger than Rafi? And hadn't he thrown Rafi in several wrestling bouts? Sumura begged for a trial bout and made good his claim, so the Prophet, peace be upon him, allowed him to go into battle as well. At Shehan, the Prophet, peace be upon him, offered his Maghrib, sunset and evening and Ishai prayers. He spent the night there and appointed fifty watchmen to guard the troops. In the stillness of night, he then departed, going on to Saud, where he prayed Fajr at dawn. Just as things seemed to be going reasonably smoothly, the hypocrites struck the first blow. Abdullah bin Ubay chose to rebel against the Prophet, peace be upon him, at this point, and withdrew with his three hundred companions. His actions sent Banu Salma and Banu Harith reeling. Surprised and dismayed, they reacted to the news so badly that they themselves considered retreating. Ultimately, the Prophet's counsel and Allah's grace renewed their resolve, but the Muslim army of one thousand had shrunk by almost a third to seven hundred. Heading this truncated army, the Prophet, peace be upon him, marched towards Uhud through a short route, leaving the enemy forces in the western part of the area. He descended into the valley of Mount Uhud, all the while keeping his back to the mountain. Thus the enemy stood between the Muslims and Medina. Then the Prophet, peace be upon him, drew up his troops for battle. Which later came to be known as Mount Ramah, he formed a unit of fifty archers under Abdullah bin Zubair Ansari an, and instructed them to hold back the enemy and guard the backs of the Muslim troops. He stressed that under no circumstances were they to withdraw. They were to await his instructions, regardless of which way the battle went. The pagans also drew up their troops towards the battlefield, marching to the songs and cheers of the women who whooped up their zeal. Moving through the rows and rattling the tambourines, they sang, If you go ahead, we shall embrace you and spread carpets. If you retreat, we shall take offense and be estranged. They addressed the standard-bearers, reminding them of their duty. Look, Banu Abdul-Dar, O defenders of your generation, strike violently with swords. And that's where we leave our book reading for today. We're reading from the book, When the Moon Split, a biography of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa The book has been compiled by Saifur Rahman Mubarak Puri. If you would like to download this and other podcasts, you're welcome to do so. Go to vocfm.iono.fm and click on the book reading channel. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.